Welcome to the Adoption Connection Podcast, where we share resources by and for adoptive and foster moms. I'm Lisa Qualls. And this is Melissa Corkum. Don't worry, we get it, and we're here for you. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Melissa. How are you? Good. So last week we talked about summer and we were a little worried. It was too early, but we got a lot of good feedback and people are definitely thinking about summer. And really the best thing that we can do as moms sometimes is just be proactive for what we know is coming. And a lot of us have been in this long enough to know where the bumps in the road might be or where they will be. And so in the name of continuing to be proactive and trying to help you guys out a little bit, we're going to talk about Mother's Day this week because it's coming. And I don't know about you, Lisa, but this is a bumpy holiday for a lot of adoptive and foster moms. It really can be a hard holiday because there is so much emotion tangled up in being mothers and having children, you know, relationships with their children. And, you know, some of our listeners, some of you have dealt with years of infertility. So grief can come up. Some people have dealt with loss of children. I remember my first Mother's Day after we lost Calcadon, just that was so hard. Some of us have kids where the relationships are just really complicated. Sometimes it's kids by birth, but a lot of times it's also our kids that have joined our families through foster care and adoption. So Mother's Day can be um, filled with lots of different emotions. So we have five basic things we want to cover about being proactive and preparing for Mother's Day so that when you come to the end of the day, you aren't either mad or really sad or just, I mean, I guess it's okay to be relieved it's over because sometimes it's just hard, but we just want to help you prepare and give you some extra support as this holiday approaches. You hear this theme often here at the Adoption Connection, but the first thing we want to cover is expectations. And really, this is a theme that runs through even each of the other four things that we want to cover today. We want to keep them low. And as one of our Facebook friends in our group said, um, or have none at all. But honestly, that is hard. We can talk about not having expectations all day long, but I think even subconsciously, deep down inside, sometimes they creep up. And so it's okay to even recognize that. I think it's probably more important to recognize any expectations we have and kind of honor them, but then grieve them and put them aside rather than stuffing them down. Because if we lie to ourselves that we don't have expectations when we really did, then we're not really preparing ourselves in the correct way. That's right. And I think we need to, in order to be clear with our families. We have to be honest about our expectations with ourselves and with them. And then whatever those expectations are in your family and in you, you need to communicate them very clearly to your spouse. And if needed to your older children, you need to be very, I just think honest and clear. And so I was just telling Melissa before we started recording that one thing that is kind of triggering for me is if I end up having to prepare my own Mother's Day dinner, you know, and I do a lot of cooking. I do the vast majority of the cooking in our family and we traditionally have a big Sunday dinner, which is a lot of responsibility on me. I mean, kids and Russell help a little bit, but it's basically my thing. Well, Mother's Day, one of my expectations is that 
I do not want to cook my own Mother's Day meal. So last year we hit upon something that worked really well for us because if I'm in the house, I end up getting pulled in. So many people have questions. They're not sure where something is or, or whatever. So last year what we did, we planned a really simple meal and we talked about it. And I knew it was something that would be realistic and easy. Then we got home from church and we do our Sunday dinners in the afternoon rather than in the evening. And so after we got home from church, I actually left and went out for coffee. I just relaxed and waited. And about five minutes before dinner was ready, one of my kids texted me and I came home. And it was so, I really felt like they gifted me with this meal. And that I had that little special time to myself that I really enjoyed as well. So that worked really, really well, both in terms of my expectations and in terms of sort of getting out of the way so that my family could bless me by preparing that meal. I love that. And I love that it was okay that you had to help them prep in advance. Like you chose the meal, you set them all up for success so that you didn't come home to like burn down kitchen or some other crazy mess or that they really didn't have to keep bugging you. Even if you're out for coffee, you know, wait, how do we do this? Where's that? So I think that works well all the way around. I think sometimes there's a part of me, at least I'll be super honest here, that wants someone to do something special for me where I don't have to talk about it, right? Where they're kind of surprising me with like a special meal or breakfast in bed. And actually, honestly, I do get those moments. I have, you know, a fantastic husband and my kids, most of my kids love me. And so <laughs> or most of my kids act like they love me. Okay. Right can I just say, I love that we can be honest here on the Adoption Connection. So mama's out there. If you have any kids that you're pretty sure don't love you, or at least it doesn't feel like it, we get it. We're, we're, like we say, we're here for you. Yeah, absolutely. Carry, carry on, <laughs> so anyway, I think sometimes we just have to kind of swallow our pride a little bit and just come out and say, hey, look, I don't want to make a single meal for myself today. Or even better, I would like to not have to move off the sofa. So if y'all could just bring me breakfast, lunch, and dinner, that would be fantastic. Because I might be thinking it in my head, that would be really nice, but I would never say it out loud. And sometimes I think we just need to say them out loud because honestly, if you're as terrible at gift giving as I am, it would just be nice for someone to tell me exactly what would make them thrilled. And so I think we sometimes don't want to impose on our family or our husbands or whatever, but then we have these expectations and someone is going to be relieved for you to just tell them what to do to make you happy. Russ would definitely agree with that. I think he finds it really hard if he sees me, he can tell something's going on with me emotionally, but I haven't told him or prepared him and he feels a little blindsided. So definitely clearly communicate your expectations and keep them very low and realistic. So number two on our list of recommendations is focus on someone else. And we um, asked for comments from the wonderful people in our private Facebook group, which, by the way, you are invited to join. Some One person gave, well, a lot of people gave us great ideas, but one person mentioned something that I hadn't thought of before. And um, my friend Joe said that what she does is she actually writes letters to each of her children on Mother's Day. And I think she reflects on, you know, some of the gifts that they've given her as a mother, you know, the joy that they bring to her. I don't know exactly what she does, but I thought, I've never thought of that. And it's a really beautiful idea. Now you have to have some capacity in your life to do that, to think about it. And, but it was, it was something I had never considered. How about you, Melissa? 
Well, I love it because it's an exercise in gratitude, which we've talked about before, that it's a good idea to be able to focus on positive things, positive character things, little things that we love about our kids that aren't behavior specific. I also think there's something beautiful about this pivot to focus on someone else. And I've actually talked about this with a couple other families, even in our crisis, and maybe we've talked about it here on the podcast, focusing on someone else, even though when it felt like we had nothing else to give, could really be energizing. Kind of gets us out of our own pity party, puts Mm -hmm. the focus somewhere else. I guess in some ways Mother's Day was created to celebrate us as mothers, but we can celebrate ourselves as mothers and how much we love being a mother by honoring our kids. And that helps just, it's a shift in expectations. It means that we don't have to put away all of our expectations. We are humans and we have feelings, but maybe we can just funnel that into another type of expectation. I actually just pulled up what she wrote specifically. And what she said is she makes a card that says, reasons I love being your mom. And then she lists five to 10 specific things about each kid that makes me love being their mom. It's beautiful. So anyhow, that's kind of challenging to me. I I may tackle that. I don't know if any of you will, but if you do, let us know. I'd love to hear about that. Besides turning the focus on our kids, we can also service, do service projects outside of our whole family. So we had one listener say that they do like a make a wish type project, or, you know, maybe there's a local soup kitchen, or maybe there's a single mom in your community who you could give a break to. Um, I mean, there's just so many other, there's so many ways to skin this cat. Right. And, you know, years and years ago, well, many years ago when I was a new mom, so I think I had had my oldest daughter maybe two months before, and I was having actually a pretty hard adjustment. I was experiencing postpartum depression, and um, my baby was a really fussy baby, and I'm sure that it in part was because I was kind of struggling myself. And anyhow, this mother who I saw as an older, wiser mother. And now when I reflect back, she was probably in her thirties. So that seems hilarious now, but I was only 23 and she had, I think four kids. And so to me, she was the epitome of an experienced mother. Anyhow, she wrote me a letter just encouraging me as a mother. And I think she wrote them to several of the young moms in our church. And that meant so much to me. I expect that I have that saved somewhere because it was so meaningful to me. And I think that's a beautiful thing. I mean, this is Mother's Day and not everybody is having a good experience or doing really, really, really well. And so her words were super encouraging to me. So I love that. Focus on someone else. Mm, I love that. Okay. So third thing would be Establish some simple traditions. These are things that your family can kind of fall back on. Again, it goes with expectations, simple things that, you know, people can have opinions about. But again, it's that structure that we need, but they're things that we do anyway. So depending on what part of the country you live in, it might be gardening. That's a really big thing where we live kind of in the mid-Atlantic. Mother's Day is kind of the marker where we're pretty sure we're not going to get any more frost. And this is the time when it is supposed to be safe to put some of your seedlings into the ground and such things. So our garden centers and home depots are always teeming with people at this time of year, getting ready for this weekend. It might be, you know, visiting family could be 
a special type of meal so that you don't have to think about what to cook. It could be eating out. So there's lots of little things, you know, maybe visiting a lot of local like gardens. Like we have a fantastic tulip garden in our area. It's usually past season by Mother's Day, but there's lots of really pretty places to go where the kids can run around and you can enjoy nature kind of at a distance kind of half parenting, half enjoying yourself. So, I mean, there's just lots of little things. Um, If you have other things to share with us, we'd love to hear about those in the group as well. Um, Lisa, do you guys have any kind of simple traditions? Well, it changes from year to year, but there have been a few years where we've gone for a hike after dinner as a family. And that's, that's a really neat thing. Again, you're getting outdoors with your kids. It was really funny one Mother's Day, we went for a hike. And as we were going up the mountain, our friends were coming down. So they had the same idea. Anyhow, uh, getting outdoors and doing something physical together is, was a good thing. And I, I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, we have done Korean food. My mom, my sister and me i'll love it none of the boys really do so you know just in the name of low expectations instead of making everyone want it the boys go get chinese carry out and the girls go get korean carry out and we have this like one massive feast um and this year we have kayla and she'll probably want ethiopian so we'll just have this big takeout ethnic meal situation probably at our house that actually sounds really really fun and nobody has to cook and there's minimal cleanup so that's beautiful So a fourth thing that we all, all of us in the fostering and adoption world are aware of is that our children, we need to find a way to recognize and honor their birth family if that's something that's important to them. You know, a lot of our kids have multiple mothers. They may have us. They may have had a foster mother before us that they were very close to. They may have, you know, their first mom. They may have a stepmom. They could have grandmothers. And so... There are a lot of people that their hearts might be pulled toward on this day. And some of our kids are going to experience grief that they feel like they're with the wrong mom. This isn't, you're not the mom they want to be with. I'm not the mom they want to be with. I think it's important to make a way for our kids to talk about it. Let it be a normal part of conversation. And then if they want to acknowledge one of their other mothers in a special way. I think that's important. And I was just reflecting back to when we did the birthday episode. And I talked about how the night before Calcadon's birthday, we lit a candle and talked about her first mom. And again, a, a number of our kids are going to have mothers who died. What we want to do is honor these relationships, these very, very special bonds. And again, with expectations, we need to be aware. And we need to plan ahead. You know your kids. You know what they're going to want and need. But it's an important conversation to have. We want to follow their lead, but we want to open the door first. So I I do think it kind of falls on us to say or to ask the question, are you thinking about your first mom or your birth mom or that foster mom? Would you like to send her a card? Would you like to have a visit or whatever is appropriate in your situation? And then you know, accept whatever the answer is, yes or no, but don't wait for them to bring it up necessarily because they might not feel comfortable. And so we should always set the stage for that kind of communication. Um, Also with all the different moms, and even if you don't have a birth mom or a foster mom in your life that you also want to include and honor, you know, mothers and Father's Day is one of those like crazy things because if you're a parent who still has a living parent, 
then there's like, it's like a two way holiday, right? Like you're supposed to be honoring another parent and then your kids are supposed to be honoring you. And it's a lot of pressure and it takes a lot of time depending on, you know, where everyone lives and all of the things. So kind of like with the um, birthday episode, we talked about this, you know, it's called Mother's Day, but it could be Mother's Month or Mother's Week, you know, just spread those things out um, or find other times during the year to celebrate all these relationships in your life. And, you know, obviously communicate it to those people so they don't think that you're just jipping them on the actual holiday. But Mother's Day, it's just a name on a day with a lot of expectations. So if we can communicate clearly those expectations and or shift some of the celebrating to another time, even if it's just a couple days difference, then that can relieve a lot of the pressure on your family. Funny note. Well, Melissa, you were just talking I was thinking, oh my goodness, my mom, Russ's mom. And I wrote a note in my planner, buy Mother's Day cards. <laughs> when you're listening to this, this is the time to think about, do you want to do something for your own mom? And plan for it now because this, this day will come very, very quickly. So anyhow, I am definitely going to be picking up Mother's Day cards. Yeah, well, and even, I don't know if anyone else is in this situation, but we've had people come alongside us and be respite moms or other moms or other caretakers for our kids. And so sometimes it's important for us to take this time to honor them too. So I probably need to spend time brainstorming the list of moms in our family and then figuring out the card and gift situation. (laughs) You know, I was thinking too, for those of us who are foster parents, my foster daughter's mother was local. And so I got a plant, a flowering plant for her because we were partnering with parenting her daughter. And so I wanted to honor her. So anyhow, the options are endless for, I think, celebrating and honoring other mothers in our children's lives and our own. Last, but certainly not least, is celebrate yourself. Don't leave it up to someone else to do it for you. We have control over just ourselves. So even if we communicate really, really clearly and keep our expectations really, really low, something could still go quote unquote wrong. So celebrate yourself, make a plan to fill your own bucket up. Maybe it's a lunch with other moms who kind of are in a similar situation to you. Maybe it's just coffee with a friend who isn't in this world. Maybe you need a break and you want to talk about anything else other than parenting, adoption, and foster care. Yes. I I was just thinking how fun it would be to gather some of my friends who, you know, we're all pouring ourselves out for our kids, whether we're adoptive and foster parents or not. Being a mom is a very, um, it's a lot of sacrifice and I love it. And it's a lot of work. And I was thinking how fun it would be just to get together with some of my friends and say to each other, you're a good mom. You're doing a good job. Just like we say on our podcast. So yes, celebrate yourself, do something. And, and, you know, for those of us who are people of faith, give thanks to God. I mean, I am thankful I'm a mom, even though there've been, you know, definitely hard, hard times. I'm very, very thankful. Yeah. And the other thing I would say is if you get to Mother's Day and you feel like there's so much riding on this one particular day, because you feel like you sacrifice all year for everyone. And this is like your one day. And that's, why you have expectations for the day because you just need a break and you just need a day where someone doesn't throw something at you or someone doesn't need you or someone doesn't call your name 800 million times. Um, 
you know, we are really passionate here about the Adoption Connection, about making sure that you're a really stable base for your family and that you are regularly filling your bucket up so that when we come to holidays like this, where it can't necessarily be all about us because our kids don't have the capacity sometimes to let down their guard. And we also have other moms in our family to celebrate. You have your own mom to celebrate. You have foster moms and birth moms and all the things. Then we would really encourage you to make a plan or grab a coaching call with one of us to just talk through how you can make it so that the rest of your year is a time that you can celebrate yourself and fill your own bucket up so that when it comes to this day of the year, it doesn't feel so desperate to make sure that this day is a day that you get to fill yourself up, get a break. We want you to be able to plan those things regularly throughout your life so that you are feeling like you have some margin and some white space in your life, even in the midst of crazy, challenging stuff. Lisa, both you and I have walked through some crazy seasons, and so we know that this is possible. It's not easy, but it is possible, and it makes all the difference in the world when we're parenting kids with really high needs. So if you've been listening while you've been driving or cleaning or whatever you're doing, you may not remember what our five points are, but we will have them in the show notes. We also would love for you to join our private Facebook group. The comments on this question about Mother's Day were so rich, so many great ideas that we don't want you to miss any of it. You'll find the link to our Facebook group in the show notes. We would love for you to take a look and just remind yourself and make a plan. You can find them at theadoptionconnection.com slash 36. The show notes are going to have a lot of good things for you. Before you go, we'd love to connect with you on social media. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram as The Adoption Connection. Thanks so much for listening. We love having you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a quick review over on iTunes. It will help us reach more moms who may be feeling alone. And remember, until next week, you're a good mom doing good work, and we're here for you. The music for the podcast is called New Day and was created by Lee Rosevere.